Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. I want to take us to a, a, a story in scripture. I'm going to give you a summary. So come on, put your, put your learning cap on for just a moment. Let me teach you and then we're going to preach you, okay? Um, that there was uh, this guy in scripture in the Old Testament. His name is Joseph. Everyone say Joseph. Joseph is this guy who was, was growing up and he was in a great home, but he was his daddy's favorite. Anybody here that you would admit that you were like your mommy or your daddy's favorite? Come on, you're the favorite child. Anybody, you're the favorite? Yeah, look, look at all the spoiled brats. Go ahead and keep your hand up. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Anybody here, you would say that there was probably a sibling in your life that they were the favorite. Come on, let me see your hand. There's someone else. Come on, come on. Be honest. Be honest. Some of you are sitting next to them right now. And, uh, and, and, and Joseph was that sibling where he was his daddy's favorite. His daddy showed favoritism to him. He, in fact, his dad made him this coat of, of many colors, but his brothers hated him for it. And so his brother said, we're going to kill Joseph. So they took Joseph and just at the last minute, they said, no, 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 we can't murder him because that's like, that's what bad siblings do. We're going to do something that's so much better. We're going to sell him into slavery. So they took Joseph and they sold him into slavery. Joseph goes from being a slave to working in Potiphar's house as like a servant where he's falsely accused of rape and so he gets thrown in jail. As he's thrown in prison, he finds favor with the inmates and and even the the guards and he gets promoted and the ruler of Egypt, his name was Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I want Joseph to be my right-hand man. Something only God could do is from the prison to the palace. And so here Joseph is and now he's the number two in charge of all of Egypt. Well, Pharaoh loved Joseph so much, he said, I want the people of God, the Jews, the Israelites, to live here in Egypt. I don't want you to leave, so I want you to stay here. And as long as you stay here, we're going to take care of you. Are you following the story so far? I'm giving you like the first half of the entire Old Testament summarized. Here we go. And so here all the Israelites are, the Jewish people, are living in Egypt, and Pharaoh is taking care of them. Problem, Pharaoh dies. A new Pharaoh is put in as leader. This Pharaoh is not generous, but he is a dictator. He's a tyrant. So he makes the people of God slaves. So now God's people are slaves in Egypt. And so now this Pharaoh says, instead of taking care of these people, they are a liability on my balance sheets. I'm going to make them an asset. So I'm going to use them to build my kingdom. And so God... God's people were used to build the ancient Egypt and the great structures of the Pharaoh. And the Israelites were used to do slave labor. Enter in the scene Moses. Moses shows up in the book of Exodus and God shows up to Moses and says, Moses, my people are slaves and I'm going to use you to bring them into freedom. Moses begins to argue with God and God says, I don't want to hear excuses, just go. Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh laughs, Moses goes again. Moses leads the people of Israel out, but they are and into freedom. Are you still with me today? Here they are, they're no longer slaves, but they are walking through the wilderness to get to the promised land. God promises people, I'm going to deliver you from slavery and I've got a land for you. Oh, the grass is so green. The water is so clear. Wait till you go scuba diving there. Oh, and wait till you see the beef. It is USDA organic, hormone free. Wait till you see the cows. Y'all going to eat great steaks. That was the land that was promised to them. Problem, they're no longer slaves. They're not in the land of promise. They're in the wilderness. You ever been in the wilderness before? Come on, let me talk to somebody. You ever been like 
like you gave your life to Jesus, you start following Jesus, and you're not who you used to be, but you still haven't reached the promised land yet. Like God gave you a promise, and you're like, hello, God. Is that promise still good, or was the expiration date already passed? Come on. And you're living your life, and, and, and you're free of your old life, but you're not yet an inhabitant of the life that God has promised you. What do you do when you are stuck in the middle? Come on, have you ever been in the middle before? Yes. Well, when you're in the middle, you can be frustrated in the middle, can't you? Because you're like, my God, I, I, like, I walked away from things and, and God began to do things in my life. And I thought I would get to the destination sooner than this. And here are the people of Israel. They're no longer slaves, but they are in the wilderness. All of a sudden, God speaks to Moses and says, I want you to send some spies out. Come on, this is like 007 action. And go spy out the land. And these spies are going to come back and report what they see. So Moses sends 12 spies out. They send the spies. The 12 spies go. They're walking around. They're taking pictures on their phones. And they're like looking at all this. They're like, oh, man, the land is great. Man, the land, man, the grass is great. Oh, look at those cows. Oh, they have croquettes up in there. Come on, this is going to be a good land. Like, this is going to be awesome. We can't wait. So they come back to the millions of people in the wilderness. And you've got to put yourself in the Bible because think about this. There are millions of people and they're waiting to hear, hey, when are we going to go into the land? We're tired of the wilderness. We're tired of being stuck in the middle. When are we going to go? And so these 12 men come back, and I believe with all of my heart that they're not giving this report in the tent. I believe that they're up on some structure that they've built to say, hey, we want you to tell the people what you just saw. And out of the 12 spies, only two of them are filled with faith. Send in a minute. I hope you're I hope you're you in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31. Come on, are you with me? I'm gonna tie this in in a minute. I hope you're I hope you're still with me today. Come on, are you there? Shake your neighbor and say, Come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Numbers chapter 13. This is what 10 of the 12 spies reported. Check this out. But the other men who had explored the land disagreed with Joshua and Caleb, the two men who came back with a good report. The two men came back and they said, hey, listen, we want you to know the land that God promised us. God did not exaggerate. This place is the bomb.com. Like, y'all going to love this place. But then the other 10 spies go, oh, hey, 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 yo, yo, yo. No, no, we disagree with that report. That is not what we saw. Well, what did you see? Look where they go. We, we can't go up against these people. They are stronger than we are. So they started to spread this bad report about the promise among the Israelites. Look what they said. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there to live. Come on, how many of you know all of a sudden you're like, ooh, that sounds scary. All of a sudden, all the people that we saw there were huge. Verse number 33. We even saw giants there you ever heard someone like they exaggerate the story come on you might know some like exaggerators pastors are like the worst exaggerators in the world but you know some exaggerators too come on somebody you're like how big was the fish that you caught oh man it was like this big you have a picture of it no i took a picture i don't know what happened to it but it was that big we traveled through it they were huge they were giants 
the descendants of Anak, and next to them we felt like grasshoppers. We felt, we, we felt, it was what we felt like. It, we, we, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Really? So you're mind readers? I mean, look at this scripture. They are so filled with doubt. Not only are they saying what they felt like, but now they're like, yeah, that's how they felt too. You ever been somewhere where you're in a room and you feel discouraged and you feel like everyone else is out to get you? And they're not out to get you, but you have portrayed something negative onto somebody else. And that's not even how they feel. That's why we have to be careful of a victim mentality, because if we have a victim mentality, we are the victim and we feel like everyone else is out to get what we have. This is what they said. They feel like we're grasshoppers. Two, here's why this is so important. It's because 10 men came and they spread a bad report, not to 10 other people, not to 100 people, not to 1,000 people, but 10 men caused fear to spread among millions of people. And yet we say that the people we associate with do not affect us. Can I tell you, the people that are in your life, they affect you more than you even know they do. So now God has given a promise. All the people are excited about it, but because of 10 negative people, all the people are filled with fear. You see, what you have to understand is that in this island and in these high and dry places that in the wilderness, you have to understand that you have to keep your eye on the promise that God has given you. Because what you have to understand in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, they said, we felt like grasshoppers. How you feel will determine how you think. They thought they were like grasshoppers because that's how they felt. Can I tell you, that's why you cannot trust your feelings. You can't even trust your feelings about your faith. Come on, somebody. I talk to people all the time. They're like, I feel like God is so far from me. It doesn't matter what you feel. God is so close to you. I feel like God's presence. I can't get into God's presence. It doesn't matter what you feel. God's presence is still there regardless of what you feel. You have to move past feelings and get into the fact that God has called me. He's planted me. He's chosen me. Is there anybody here with a promise from God? It doesn't matter if you feel like the promise is impossible. You have a promise. Oh, let me just go there because really what these 10 spies were saying is, yeah, we have a promise, but there's opposition. Can I tell you, every step of blessing, there's going to be an obstacle. God wants to bless you, but before you step into your blessing, you have to understand there will be giants there to try to deter you, and they will be oppositions to stop you. But that opposition does not mean that God's not with you. That opposition does not mean that God's promise is not still for you. That opposition is proof that that is exactly where you need to go. Because the enemy knows that if you walk into this blessing, your family will never be the same. You'll never be the same. You're going to walk into another level. The city will Oh, the enemy knows if Brave Church becomes the church that this city is going to see revival. But pastor, we've faced so much opposition already this year. It is proof that God's hand is all up on this church because the devil wants to keep us from our promised land. Somebody needs to give God a shout of praise. Man, I feel the presence of God in this place. Check this out. Watch, watch, watch. Just because there's opposition does not mean that the promise has expired. Business people, every next level you want to take your business to 
Expect there to be opposition. Expect there to be obstacles. Expect there to be setbacks. Come on, Christian, let me talk to you. You're following God, but you're under attack. That is to be expected. The problem is we as preachers don't tell you that enough. We tell you, it's your best life now. You see the butterflies? The sun is shining. Oh, it's so perfect. This week I had someone message me and they said, man, I started going to Brave Life and I got into an accident. Pastor, is it, is it, is it a spiritual attack? I said, yes. And they're like, okay. Could it be a coincidence? No. Well, guess what? That same day, they sent another message. You're not going to believe it. My mom just got into a car accident. And they started talking about all the freedom that was coming in their life as they're a part. I'm going to go to the next level. Brave life. You better believe as you step of faith and you say, God, I'm going to go to the next level. There is going to be opposition in your life. But the opposition will not keep you from the promise. That opposition proves the promise is right there. Come on, are you okay right now? Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? So... I'm not asking for your validation. I'm just asking if you're retaining it. So, so here, here we go. Um, so they have opposition. And look what this, the rest of this verse in 2 Corinthians says. Your lives aren't small, even though you felt that way. In fact, let me just take you to 2 Corinthians 6. Let me go back to verse 11. Look what he says. Dear, dear Christians, Corinthians, dear, dear David, Put your name there. You can feel your name in there. Dear, dear, I can't tell you how much I long for you. Come on, this is God. To enter into this wide, open, spacious life. The report of these ten spies was not a wide, open, spacious report. It was, we need to stay in the wilderness or go back to slavery. Corinthians says this, I have a life for you that is wide, open, and spacious. Come on, somebody say that. Wide, open, and spacious. He says, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from. Y'all see that? Where does the smallness that we are living comes from? Because what I've come here to do today is to break off smallness from our thinking and smallness from our lives. Look, 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 look. The people of Israel, they felt that they were too small to take the promise. Corinthians in the New Testament Not even the Old Testament. The New Testament says that don't be surprised if you live this life feeling that you're small or inferior or not good enough. But the smallness you feel does not come from God. The smallness you feel does not even come from the devil. How's that for your theology? Because many of us just think that all the time the enemy is attacking you. Can I tell you? The devil is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere all at once. And you and I are probably not all that too important that he is always in your life, in your business. Like the devil made me do it. No, he did it. The devil's limiting my business. No, the devil is not. The devil's coming against my joy. No, he is not. The smallness you feel. There's that word again, feel. The smallness you feel comes from within yourself. That's what we've come here to get to work on. Is that we're going to say, self, 
I'm no longer going to live small. I'm going to live big. Come on. I'm going to let the promise of God fill my life. I'm going to live with faith. I'm going to live with boldness. Come on. Are you with me today? He goes on to say this. Watch this. He says, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. In other words, you are living beneath your potential. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives and live them openly and expansively. Do you know what's interesting is that they say that there is this condition called elephant syndrome. I'm not talking about the disease, but I'm talking about how they train elephants, like in the circus. You know, they'll train elephants. I know, I know that we, animal cruelty, we're not in, we're not for that. Okay, I get that, okay? But there's this, the circus, before they shut the elephants out of the circus, uh, how they would train elephants is when they're little babies, they would tie a, a little rope around an elephant's leg. And they would, some of you are like, oh. And, and they would tie that rope to a little weight, like a 150 pound weight. And so that little tiny, little itty bitty elephant is tied to this weight. And so that little elephant, as it's beginning to walk around, all of a sudden, boom, it feels the tug of that weight and that rope. And it's mature and goes through adolescence. So it's restricted. And so as that elephant begins to grow and mature and goes through adolescence, the elephant gets bigger. And soon that elephant becomes a full grown elephant. Weighing thousands and thousands of pounds, full tusks, big ears, ginormous legs. It is a full-grown, multi-thousand-pound elephant. But because it has been conditioned its entire life, how they keep that elephant from running off is they tie a small little rope to its leg. But now they don't even have to use a 100-pound weight. They drive a little stick into the ground and they attach the rope to a little stick. But that elephant has been conditioned its entire life that as long as it feels the tug of a rope, it knows it can't go anywhere. Even when it was little, it couldn't go anywhere. But now that that elephant is huge, it would be nothing for it to pull this little stick and this little dental floss rope out of the ground and run over and trample everyone. But because of its conditioning of its mind, it feels like it cannot break free. Many of us in this room have been attached to things in our past. We've been attached to things in our life. And we have been conditioned to think that my family has always been this way. My business has always looked this way. My relationships have always looked this way. Things will never change. But I've come here to tell you something today. God wants you to break free. There are things in our lives. There are addictions in our lives that have been tied around our leg. And every time we go to get free, we think, well, I'll always be like this. But I declare in the name of Jesus, in this moment, in this room today that you're going to realize that you're not small but you're big with God you're mighty with God you're strong with does anybody believe that today come on give God a shout of praise yeah 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 yeah. because here's the thing we live our lives in such small ways because of how we feel and how we feel affects how we think and how we think affects how we live. But today, God is going to break smallness off of our lives. I declare it today. Small living is going to be broken off of this place today. In Jesus' name. Can I tell you, Brave Church? Brave Church has got to be a church that we don't, we don't just get used to small thinking and small dreaming and small living. But God's put big on this church. Do you believe that today? So, so, so let me just give you some characteristics in just the next few minutes of small living people. Are you ready? Come on, you got your notes? Get your notes? Here we go. Here we go. Some characteristics. If you want to get off the island, you've got to stop 
with a small living. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with that today. Five things. Here we go. Number one, small living people, people who live high and dry, people who are stuck on the island, small living people have small heads. Itty-bitty tiny little heads. Like little, little. Pastor, what, what in the world does that mean? Small living people have small living thinking. Small, small living people, they, they think small. They don't, they don't think big. The people of Israel, all they could do was think about their slavery in the past. And they thought, watch this, watch this, watch how small they thought. We were dominated in Egypt as slaves, and now there's opposition. Surely we'll be dominated again. Let's just live in the wilderness because at least we're free here. And many of us, if we're not careful, that's exactly where we live. We will choose to live in the wilderness because we are afraid that we will lose in the battle to get our promise. But God wants to break off small living thinking in our lives today. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, get ready to think big. But big living people, come on. The way they think is, nothing is impossible with God. Come on, I thought I showed up at Brave Church this morning. I said they believe that nothing is impossible with God. Do you know what big thinking people... They think, you know what, even if I've got to be the first one in my family to break out and break through, I'll be the first one. Joshua and Caleb, think about them for a minute. They were slaves, their family was slaves, their grandparents were slaves, their great, 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 great abuela and abuelos were slaves. Everybody was slaves. All the other spies came back and they said, hey, remember how we were slaves? We're going to be slaves again if we try to take this land. But Joshua and Caleb, they had big thinking mentality. They said, no, 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 hold on, rewind this mix. Because here's what we know. What we know is, is that we serve a God who is greater than these guys. We know that we have something in us now that we did not have in Egypt, and it is the spirit of the living God. Come on, are you in this place today? They understood, they understood that, you know what, we can have big faith, and we can achieve the promise. Just because there's opposition does not mean we can't achieve the promise. You see, big thinking people, they understand that, you know what, I'm not going to let culture keep my business at the place that, you know, there are people in this room that you have let your circumstances reduce the size of God's dream for you. Some of you in this room, you may have the next Amazon.com idea inside of you, but you've stopped thinking big and you're going to allow the threat of opposition to keep you from God's promise. There are people in this room, you have a book inside of you. There are people in this room, God wants to give your business the capacity to be multiple franchises all over this nation. I've had some of your home cooking, some of you people in this room. And my Lord, you should open up a restaurant. If McDonald's can be all over the world with those nasty, stanky burgers. Come on, somebody. Can we just be real for a minute? Those burgers are nasty. What is in those burgers? Listen, listen, listen. What what are you trying to say to me, pastor? What I'm trying to say is this. God wants to break off small living from us. There is kingdom work to be done. He wants to use your gifts, your abilities. And some of us have just said, you know what? This is how it's always going to be. And I'm declaring today that no, it is not. Today, you're going to begin to think with big thinking. Come on, you ready for number two? Let's go. 
Small living people. Not only do they have small heads, but they have small hands. <laughs> I see people looking at their hands. They're like, is he talking about me? I'm talking about like itty, itty bitty little tiny hands. What, what does it mean to have tiny hands, Pastor David? Here you go. Here you go. Write this down. Come on. Small living people, they don't like responsibility. Pastor, wait, can you take me deeper into what that means? Here's what that means. Let me say it to you like this. Some of you, every time that God tries to put more responsibility on you, you tap out. Like, you've been praying. Can I just pastor you for a minute? Let me take my preacher hat off and let me put my pastor hat on. There's a difference. Preaching, I'm just preaching to you. Pastoring, I want to help get you to another place. You've been praying, God, would you expand my capacity? Would you expand my borders? Would you bless me, God? God, I want you to do more in my life. And God is saying, I want to bless you, but you're complaining about what I've already blessed you with. Let me help you out with that. It looks like this. God, I want you to bless me. And God's like, okay, I want to put something else in your hand, but you're already complaining about what he's put in your hand. Like, how many times do you hear somebody up here talk about, man, we got to serve in order to take the city? And we say, God, I want you to do something. God's like, okay, I want you to start serving. And you're like, well, I'm too busy to serve. What you just did was told God, my hands are too small. What you just did was say, God, I want you to put more in my hands. But God's like, but you haven't even done what I've asked you to do. Because you got itty bitty tiny hands. Small living people have small hands. God's blessed you with the ability to be a blessing, but instead you complain about the blessing that you have. Let me take you there and be personal and transparent. Y'all know I'll be that way. As Brave Church started to grow and we started out much smaller, we started to grow. I found myself complaining with the weight of a growing church. I would complain to my staff. I'd complain to you. I'd complain up here. I, I was listening to a recording one time, and I, I was so embarrassed. I was like, up here, talking about how often my phone rings. i got to fight for this. i got to do this and priorities and all that. And I realized, and it was like God spoke to me. and was like, why are you asking me to have more access into the city when you're complaining about the people I've already given you? But God, I'm too busy. My phone's going crazy. And God's like, well, then you need to learn to prioritize your life. Because I haven't given you too much. You just can't handle what I've already given you. Y'all aren't even ready for this kind of preaching today. That's okay. But I'm trying to help you. Because some of us are saying, God, I just want to get married. And you don't even know how to cook or clean for yourself, let alone three people. Let's just go. Come on, can we be real? God, I want a bigger house. And God's like, you don't even clean and take care of the one-bedroom apartment you got. God, why am I driving this hoopty car? Because you got McDonald's fries everywhere. Why don't you take it and get it vacuumed? God, how come you won't bless my business like I had dreamt? Because you haven't aligned your business to kingdom purpose. It's all about you. 
God, why? And many times, come on, let's just go there. Many times, if we're not careful, we ask God for more, but we're not faithful for what He's already. And so God says, I can't expand your capacity because your hands are too itty bitty tiny. Make your hands bigger. Tell God. See, big living people say this. God, give me more. God, give me more responsibility. They need somebody to serve in the parking lot. Sign me up. I'll drive the golf cart around. They need youth leaders. They need somebody to sing up here. God, sign me up. They need someone to go do homeless ministry. Sign me. I know I'm busy. I know I've got family. I've got work. But I will find a way because, God, I want to be blessable. God, I'm not going to complain about how busy my business life is because, God, you've given it to me, so I'm going to leverage what I have and I'm going to take steps of faith. God, I'm not going to complain about my job. I asked you for a better paying job and you gave it to me and now I'm complaining about that. They call me on my day off. Come on, can we go there? Small hands. Small hands. Small hands. I began to say, God, forgive me for complaining. There's millions of people in our city who need Jesus. God, increase the capacity of my hands to lead more, to serve more, to humble more. God, break off all pride and break off a complaining spirit. Come on, we got to break off a complaining spirit. Still good for one more? All right, let's go there. Um, Small living people, um, they have small mouths. Poquito bocos. Bocas. Oh, boca. Boca raton. <laughs> what is boca? What does that mean? Boco means? But what does boco mean? That's how Brave Church says mouth. Boco. <laughs> Delete this from the podcast because people that aren't here are going to think we're crazy. Small living people have small mouths. It means this, they have immature mouths. Uncontrolled mouths. They vent how they feel all the time. They lose their temper and it comes out their mouth. Small living, guys. God can't take you off the island if while you are on the island, you're cussing everybody out because you can't handle the stress. God cannot promote you and elevate you to greater exposure He cannot prosper your business. He cannot promote you at the place where you work because the more he promotes you, the more influence you have. And the more influence you have means the greater responsibility on you. So that that means, sir, you need to get control of your mouth. Ma'am, it's not okay just because we're fiery Latinos up in Miami. Come on, I get it. I'm more Cuban than gringo, trust me. That's why I preach like this. I'm like, ah. Can I go to another small, small mouth syndrome? Yes. Characteristic is a critical mouth is evidence of small living. Like always critical. Like if you find yourself critical of somebody, you ever found out that people you hate on are always further along than you are? And people who hate on you, that's why you shouldn't care what the haters say because people who hate on you, they don't have what you have. That's why they hate on you. Why do we listen to the critics? Because they're, they're not as far along as you are. You're further along. That's why they hate on you. But what you want to understand is sometimes we hate on people. We are envious of people. We envy. We covet what people have. You see another business 
that someone else has started and you have the same business and theirs have prospered. And, and that has created a competitive spirit in you where you become dissatisfied when God is saying, I've shown that to you because that's where I want to take you. But you cannot walk into what you are critical of. So that's why there are people in the same field of, as you that are more successful than you and have come further along. And God's brought them into your life so that you can learn from them, not so that you are critical of them. That's why even in, in churches and ministries, we've got to be careful. Like pastors are the worst at this. They become critical of other churches. They become critical of big ministries because what they understand, don't understand is that God has given you exposure to them, not so that you can critique them, but so that you can learn from them. So that you can see that God is showing you a glimpse of where he's taking you. He's taking influence with millions of people. That's why... Planet Shakers is a global ministry with influence with millions of people. I'm not threatened or insecure by them. I understand God has brought them into our lives because he's showing Brave Church, this is where I'm taking you. I'm showing you what it looks like. I'm showing you what a church in American Airlines Arena is going to look like. Begin to pray, begin to sing, and begin to plan. Y'all don't even know it, but I'm just claiming it that the Miami Heat, they're not going to be able to do games on Sundays because Brave Church is going to be up in there. You see, because people of big living thinking, they have the audacity to declare out loud what other people think is crazy, but they know that with God, nothing is impossible. Is there anybody here today that you would say, I want God to increase the capacity of my thinking and the capacity of my words? Big people speak with faith. What comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart. That's why, watch this. The people of God are marching around the walls and God says, now I want you to shout. And they shouted. And the reason why they began to shout because their shouting was an announcement. Hey guys, guess what? We're here. That's why your worship, that's why it's so important. Be here for worship. What time is Pastor David going to be on? No! Church starts at 12. Because worship is so powerful because as you are worshiping God, what is coming out of your mouth is letting the enemy know, guess what? David Stalker has arrived. Guess what? Fill your name in. Has arrived. I'm here, devil. I'm here, future. And I'm here to let you know that I'm proclaiming big faith with my mouth. That's why preaching back with the preacher saying amen. It's such a big deal because when you engage in the message, some of you have been silent for so long because the enemy knows when you engage with your mouth, you mean business. That's why the enemy wants a silent church. I believe a silent church is a powerless church. A silent church, a church with no voice is a church with no influence. That's why I come up here and say, no, let's do this again. Give God praise. And we erupt with praise because the enemy wants the voice of God's people. Okay, you ready for the next one? I have minus six minutes, so here we go. If the worship team would come up. Listen, here's another characteristic of, of small living. You ready? Small living people have small, small arms. Like, huh. itty bitty puny little, little arms. Arms that have never seen a dumbbell. Come on, somebody. 
Small living people have little arms. Pastor, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, you're not going to like this one, but here, here, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Small living people are always looking for a handout. Have you, husbands, maybe your wife has, has done this before. Um, she'll say to you, hey, I can't reach that. Can you, can you grab that for me? Some of you are, you know, obliged and you'll reach up and grab that. And maybe it's your kids, right? Like your kids, like here, here's a greater example. Like my kids, I've got like this little cupboard where they're like little snacks. And they're like, hey, dad, can you reach that? And I'm like, you can reach it. I know, but dad, can you just reach it? You're so much taller than we are. Can you just get that? And I'll say, okay, I'll get this for you. But hey, can you go clean your room? No, dad, I want to clean my room. Small arm people, you know what they do? They want someone to reach out for them, but they're not willing to reach out for others. Yeah. I want you to give. Small arms says this. God, God, I want, you to, I want you to give to me. God, could you give me that? And God's like, okay. But would you take care of my kids? Um, no. The people of Israel, watch this. I'm going to break this down and then we're going to end. The people of Israel, they are in the wilderness. Watch this. Oh, you've got to get this. While they were in the wilderness, God would feed them with like manna from the birds. Crazy. You got to read the story. The birds. I mean, imagine what's like flocks of birds just coming. In Miami, they drop something else. But in the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible, like these, these flocks of birds would come and they would just drop like this fresh bread from heaven. And the people of Israel, watch this. They got so used to the bread in the wilderness that then God said, are you ready for the promised land? Yeah. And God's like, okay. You need to fight to get into the promised land. I'm not going to just give it to you like I gave it to you in the wilderness. You're going to have to fight for it. Let me just kind of, let me just break this down for a minute. Because some of you are experiencing this and you don't know quite how to express it but this is going to help you understand what you're feeling. Do you remember how it felt when you first came to church? We found God. It was like honeymoon, wasn't it? It's like, man, you just loved it. Oh, this church is so amazing. The music is so great. Man, it feels so good. God is doing so much in my life. It is so great. Man, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And man, you would like get your Bible. And you're like, man, I just can't wait to read. What, dinner parties? How many of them are there? 68? I'm going to all 68 of them. I mean, begin. It's happening today, right? Begin, right? I'm going. What, they need people to serve? I'm in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to. And it's like this honeymoon feeling. And the reason why is because you are coming out of a wilderness and God's like, I'm just going to feed you. I'm going to feed you. God feeds us in the wilderness. God's like, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to feel the power. But then there comes a place in time, and it's called maturity. Where God says, enough of the wilderness. It's time for you to walk into your promised land of blessing. The problem with the promise is, God doesn't send birds to feed you in the promised land. You got to go out there, kill the cow yourself, fix it, prepare it, eat it, clean up after yourself, and then try to do it again the next day. Let me tell you something. This is why people become church hoppers. Honeymoon's gone. I need to go to another church. Sing the honeymoon feeling. The honeymoon's gone. I need to go to another church. Can I tell you, the average lead pastor, that, that's like what I do. That's the title they give me. We don't care about titles here, but that's the title they give me. 
for now. Next week it may be janitor. I don't know. And that's cool. Honestly, I'd be so cool with that. Um, but they say the average lead pastor stays out of church three years. Do you know why? Because in your first three years as a pastor, everybody loves you. You're awesome. But then after around like year three, that's when pastors start having people like, and the drums are too loud. Why are people standing up shouting and preaching? I'm going to go to another church. I don't agree with this theology. I'm going to go da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, now you're faced with opposition. And so what pastors do and church people do, they chase the honeymoon feeling. Do you remember what kept the people of Israel out of the promised land? They felt they were too small. I don't feel like what I felt like when I first came to Brave Church. Maybe I need to go to another church. I don't feel like what I felt like when I first came to know God. Maybe I need to go back to the world. Maybe I don't need to do brave life. Maybe I just need to take a step back in serving. Maybe I see because I don't feel like it. But there comes a time, and you know maturity, when you're able to move past the honeymoon feeling. Can I just tell you, I love Brave Church, but the honeymoon is over. Like we are fighting a real devil who hates my life and hates your life and hates this church being here. And every once in a while, he reminds us with little Santa Maria sacrifices. And it was funny because some of our staff that weren't from Miami, they'd be like, oh my God, we got to pray and fast. And I'm like, no, we don't. Just go pick it up and throw it away. There's no power in that thing. We ain't even afraid of it. Like, it just becomes something. Like, we're like, devil, like, you ought to know. We're not intimidated by that at all. Then sacrifices started getting bigger and then creepier and then weirder. And we're just like, okay, that one is spooky, but yeah, we still aren't afraid. So go throw it away. And, uh, but, but the reality of it is we all have to come to a place where we grow bigger arms. Okay, God, you're taking me to a place where the food isn't just going to drop down in my mouth. Imagine the people like, here come the birds. All right, open your mouth. <sighs> How many did you get? I got eight. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. Now we're going to have to fight for this thing. Let me tell you something, Brave Church. Two years ago at Easter, we named it Brave Church. All this excitement. Yeah, we're going to be brave. brave. Listen, this is the time that we fight for our name. This is the time where we fight for our city. This is the time where we grow bigger arms. This is the time where we say, God's blessed me to be a blessing. Oh, come on. God has called us. Listen, God has called you if you're here. Come on, to take the city. more things just for your blanks um small living people have small eyes little itty bitty beady eyes what what does that mean it means that they've lost their long-term vision they've lost their vision here's the last characteristic of small living people is that they have small legs little short legs like my kids, it's funny because I remember when we were at Disney World, I, I walk kind of, I don't have long legs, but I, I walk fast. And, and, and so when they were really little, one of my steps would be like three of their steps. They were like little hops, you know, and, and I walk fast. And so I remember one time I was walking and I turned around and my kids were like way back there. I did not get the dad of the year award that year. And I'm like, kids, what are you doing? They had just stopped walking because they couldn't keep up with me and I didn't notice. 
And small living people have small legs, which, which basically means this, if, if you want to write this in your notes, is that they're unwilling to continue taking steps. In other words, to get off the island, you have to understand that your faith has steps. Faith is not a destination. It is a journey. That means, watch this, I'm going to wrap this up super fast because I know I'm a little bit long today. Sorry, not sorry. Is that every person in this room, you have a next step. You know you're on an island when you stop taking steps in your faith. There's no neutral. Your car has neutral, but there's no neutral in faith. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. And if you stop taking steps in your faith, then you have started taking steps backwards from your faith. And some of us have been rolling back hill, back backwards, downhill, and you didn't even realize it until just now. But today is the day to take some next steps. You're like, well, what next steps do I need to take? How about this one? Number one is this, just get started. There's some of you here today, watch this, and I'm so glad you're here. You're not a Christ follower. Your next step is to say yes to Jesus today. Surrender to God today. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Just get started. How about this next one? After getting started, how about you just get invitational? Invitation, what does that mean, Pastor? Here's what that means. Come on, you heard me talk about this last week. You see these invites? Come on, last week I challenged you. We, we ordered more. Let's be invitational with our lives. Let's be invitational. Come on, where we take these invites and we say, this week I'm going to find two people that I can invite to come to church with me. You know what invitational means? Some of you have family members that you've asked to come to church and they've said no. It's time to circle back around with them and say, hey, let me make another circle around and say, hey, you need to come to church with me. You have a brother. You have a sister. You have a parent. You have a son. You have a daughter. Hey, you want to come to church with me? We're doing this new series about getting off this island. It's really cool. It's awesome. You need to come. Let God touch your life. Come on, let's be invitational this week. How about this next step? How about we take a next step of, of simply getting involved? So today is begin 101. 101 is where you discover how you can use your gifts and talents to get involved. You know why you need to serve? Watch this. You need to serve because it breaks off your pride and it helps you to get into relationship with other Joshua and Caleb's. Other people who will say, you know what? There's a good report. You can make it. You can do it. How about this? How about this next step? This next step will help you with your legs to grow, get bigger legs, longer legs with God in your faith. Is, is why don't we just get together? There's this word, two words that we use here called dinner parties. Come on, dinner parties. There's this thing we do around here called dinner parties. I'm going to say it again. There's this thing we do here called dinner parties. All over the city. And you know what? You need to be a part of a dinner party be a part of a community of people. Dinner parties are where a big church gets smaller. You need other people in your life to speak life to you. And guess what? You need to be able to speak life to other people. How about this, this last one? What's your next step? Here we go. Here we go. How about you just get generous? So let me take it past just the tithe for a minute. Hear us talk about the tithe. Generosity is a lifestyle. I'm talking about today after church and you go out to eat why don't we just why don't we just be generous with our tips like some of you gonna go out to eat and maybe like you get the check and, and, and what you give in your check like six percent 
Here's this woman working maybe one, two jobs, three jobs, single mom with three kids. She's busting her booty working this job and she serves and she does a good job and yet we give her 6%. I believe that we as Christ followers should be the most generous people. And Let me just say this. If you can't afford to tip well, you cannot afford to eat out. I'm just going to say it. Because you know what? Because I'm going to tell you something. Some people are like, all right, here's six percent on my on my bill. Oh, hey, you need to come to Brave Church. Please do not give an invite to somebody if you are cheap. <laughs> Who are you, Pastor, to tell me how much I should tip? Because we should live a lifestyle of generosity. Because what would happen? When you have that option, 15, 20, 18, 22, 25%, if you push the 25 or 22% tip, you're like, oh, I've never tipped that much before in my life. What happens if you push that and then you give an invite and say, hey, listen, I just want you to know you did a great job serving today. I want to invite you to my church. And guess what? Today, I'm going to be praying that today is your most prosperous day that you've ever had on your job. And I'm going to pray that God blesses you. And you're going to see the favor of God on your life. Man, you want to talk about making a difference? You know what all of this does? It's better than any message I could preach up here. You know what all of this does? It helps us to live big lives. Come on, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? Thank you for sitting a little bit tight with me. I know I've gone a little bit long, but man, I just had this first message I had to get us off of a big island. Jesus, today, I thank you that your spirit is speaking to hearts and you're working in our lives. God, I pray that we would be vulnerable and transparent to you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, one of these areas, man, I have been living small. Maybe it's a small thinking. Maybe it's small hands. Maybe it's small mouth. Maybe it's small eyes. Maybe I've had small arms. And, man, maybe it's small legs. But today I want God to help me to live a larger life. I want my business to be larger. I want my capacity to be bigger. If that is you here today, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Man, one of these areas really hit me today. I want to pray for you, and I believe that today God is going to break the smallness off of us. Come on, if that's you all across this place, lift your hand right now. You say, man, that's me. I want God to break it up. Yeah, all over, all over, all over. In Jesus' name today, I thank you, God, for my friends. Today, I thank you that you're breaking small living off of us. I thank you, God, that you're taking us to bigger places. I thank you, God, that you are making us, that you're causing us to, thank you, God, that you're taking us from our wilderness to the promised land. I thank you, God, that you're causing us to break through and to break free. I thank you, you're breaking off addictions off of us. You're breaking off generational mindsets off of us. I thank you, God, that you are taking us to a place we've never been before. And we give you praise. If you receive that today, come on, would you give God a shout of praise right now? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.